Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com. I am joined once again by my beautiful wife, Smokin' Nicole. And this week, we want to welcome on a very special guest. Uh, we've been looking forward to this one for a little while now. Um, one of our friends from Drew Estate. A lovely Drew Estate. We love Drew Estate very much. Uh, Mr. Willie Herrera. Willie, how are you? Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Everything good? Uh, thank you. Uh, I know we've been talking about this, I think, since January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been, it's been a little while. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes some time, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't know, like, these shows, like, coordinating and scheduling, you know, on our side, on, you know, like, the guest side, especially someone as busy as Willie Herrera, it takes time. So a lot of these times, the, these guests, these are booked out months and months and months in advance. Um, so it's, uh, it's all part of the what Coop likes to call pulling back the curtain, so to speak. But uh, before we get going, uh, we're going to talk about what we're smoking on our Cigar Blondie Accessories segment. Willie, as our guest... You get to go first. What are you smoking tonight? Uh, Liga Provoda H99. Oh. Oh, I love that <laughs> cigar. It's so good. I, I have to say, I mean, all together, I mean, I've smoked almost all of them now. <sighs> yeah, that one's, that one's, that one's, I'd have to smoke probably like one more, but I, I, I think, I think it's in my top two. If it's not number one, it's number two. It's very, very good. I think that one came out very well. Um, fantastic cigar. Nicole, what are you smoking? Um, I'm smoking the Herrera Esteli, but the Brazilian, the Maduro. That's a good one. Yes. That one's really one of my good. my favorites. I'm going to smoke the Herrera Esteli Habano in the Toro size as well. Um, and our accessory tonight, our cutters and lighters, brought to you once again by Cigar Blondie. Uh, beautiful cutters and lighters, really stylish. That signature blade flame on the lighter, really slim, really compact lighter, really good quality. Uh, Coop and I talked about this a few weeks ago in the Spare Notes series. Just um, really high quality stuff, really nice stuff. So go ahead and check it out. Also, the boxes come in smart packaging, brought to you by Humidif Group. Um, we can use that near-field communication technology. It'll bring up the Cigar Blondie website, get all the information, and where to buy it. Alrighty, I'm just gonna get this lit. So, Willie, welcome to the show. I know this is your first time. I think who else from Jewish Days? I know Joe Grow's been on. Has hey, Jack? Has not Jack. Jack hasn't been on yet. No, but Pedro was on, right? Was Pedro on? I think so. I don't remember that. Maybe he we were definitely on. do if he if he was, but because it would have been a long time ago. I can't yeah. remember if Pedro was on. But I think he was. But I needless to say, there there has been there has been a few Drew Estate people on the show before. Um, also, um, Nick Laramie, my New England rep for Drew Estate, he was on the show. Um, so this has definitely been a long time ago. We haven't had someone from Drew on in a little while, so I, I felt that it was it was definitely time. Uh, so really excited about this, Willie. I wanted to dive into your. I know you have kind of a shorter window, so it's going to be kind of a tighter show tonight, guys. Just as a heads up, um, I think we probably won't get to the top three, but we're definitely going to do our news. Uh, quick shout out to everyone on the LFD Discord. For those watching, there's your shout out. Yes, we will get to the LFD NFT at the news segment. So hang on, we will talk about it. But for right now, we're going to talk about Willie. Willie, I just want to kind of go a little bit quicker than normal. Um, you started out, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. I'm not sure if this is where you actually began, but I know at one time 
you were the master blender at El Titan de Bronze down in Miami. That's correct, right? Yep. That's now, where I started the family business. That's where you started. And how long were you with them before you came over to Drew Estate? Well, it, it depends how you look at it. So I had always been involved in the family business. Um, just never really in the, in the tobacco side, cigar making side. Uh, you know, been a smoker for many, many years. Probably age 15, 16, I started smoking cigars. Um, they started the company in 95, 96. So I was always involved with them, helping them out. Uh, a lot of, you know, backdoor uh, type of stuff. Um, but it wasn't until I would say late 90s, early 2000s when I became involved in the tobacco side for the company. And that's when I really started to learn, you know, this side of the business, not just the retail side. Right. More like the blending and the tobaccos and that whole process. Um, well, it, it all came out of necessity in a sense. You know, I tell people all the time and I say it in a lot of these, uh, you know, interviews and stuff like that. I wasn't fortunate enough to, you know, have a, a, a dad, grandfather, somebody, you know, a lineage of someone in the cigar industry. So I kind of had to learn, you know, uh, as I went along. And I say that out of necessity because, you know, if we didn't sell, we didn't eat. If we didn't make cigars and different cigars, people wouldn't buy cigars. You know, we've always been uh, a storefront um, and depended heavily on walk-ins. And because of where we're located in Little Havana, there's a, a lot of it and constant foot traffic coming through uh, that area, um, especially back then where, you know, at that time when I was there, there was about five different cigar factories in that Little Havana area. So a lot of people that were going on cruise ships, they had a layover. They were uh, walking up and down Little Havana, visiting the cigar shops, buying cigars for the cruise ships, or people that had a layover to, to, for a connecting flight or something. They will come down and buy cigars that, you know, were somewhat harder to find in retail shops. A lot of the factories only sold uh, certain cigars out of their stores, out of their locations. And then, you know, other people that were driving down uh, to like, go to Key West, um, they would stop by Little Havana as well. So it was, you know, no marketing, uh, no advertising, um, no salespeople. It was just a lot of walkthroughs. And when I started there, you know, we had basically two cigars, um, a natural and a Connecticut. And um, I wanted to expand that, you know, uh, primarily for myself, because, you know, they, they weren't hitting my palate. I wasn't I was used to uh, a different type of cigar um, by that time. And so rather than continue to buy cigars and smoke those in the factory and continue to hear my wife's grandfather, you know, why am I smoking this cigar and that cigar and why am I spending so much money and I have as many cigars as I want in the factory so on and so forth you know I kind of took it upon myself to start figuring out you know what to make with all these tobaccos that we had which were very limited um, we probably had at any given time six to eight different tobaccos uh, just because of the size of, of our, our factory right and so you know I would grab some tobacco based off a of smell um, and bring it over to the, one of the rollers 
and have them make something. Um, but the rollers get paid by, by how many cigars they roll. So typically at the time, they were rolling 100 cigars. Now, we have Cuban rollers in the factory um, where the, the, the Cuban rollers different from Dominican, Nicaragua, Honduras, where they, they work in pairs. So the, the main difference is, you know, the Cubans, they create the bunch, they fill the molds, they press them, and then they put the wrapper themselves. Where in, the, in pairs, you have one solely putting wrapper on the cigars and the other solely putting, uh, creating the bunches, create, uh, filling up the molds. Right. So you can imagine every day I'm coming up to one of these guys with tobacco. Hey, make this. Hey, make that. They started to fall behind on the production. And now they were having to either stay later to, to complete the 100 cigars that they had to make or come in earlier the next day to complete the 100 from the day before. So it became a problem. So at that point, I said, well, I got to learn how to make a cigar. And um, you can't be oh, slowing I, down I, the staff. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it became an issue. It became yeah. an issue. Um, and so I just I wanted to continue to learn and continue to come up with different blends, stuff that I enjoyed. But I couldn't have them make it for me anymore. So what I did was I would stare at what they were doing. Then I would go to the back and grab the same tobacco and and try to do a bunch and fill a mold and. That took a little while and then I finally got the hang of that. And then I had to learn how to put the wrapper on a cigar and how to, you know, do the triple cap, how to put the cap in, at the end and all that. So, you know, I finally learned how to make cigars and then just every day was blending different stuff, having fun. And that's when I really started to learn, you know, how one tobacco works with another tobacco, how a binder works with a certain wrapper and, you know, what binder works with certain C varieties in the filler and, it was just a whole combination of, 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 of things and great learning experience. So really, you're self-taught. I mean, you, you, you kind of figured this all out, uh, and you figured out. So you're telling me that you, you figured out, roll, and I didn't even know this until now, you figured out how to roll based on just, just watching the rollers. No one sat you down and was like, this is how you, know, you roll. You, you just watched them roll and, and kind of just kept practicing on your own until you That's felt like, hey, I, I think I got it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, once, once, you know, when you have a good bunch, you know, when you fill the mold right, when mm -hmm. you make the cigar, you take it out of there and you put that wrapper on it. If that thing is so, you know, you can't draw, it's too tight. Well, okay, I got to put less tobacco, or it's, you're getting too much air. Okay, it's too loose and, and it's not getting the ring gauge it's supposed to get once you get it out of the mold. You know, they would walk by occasionally when they were going to the back or going to get tobacco. Oh, no, no, place the cigar like this or put the bunch like this in your hand or tear like this and put it like that. And I mean, I would get tips, you know, but I never really had somebody sit down next to me and watch me do it. You know, it was solely like you said, I would look at them then I'd go back, sit down and, and kind of mimic what they were doing until I got the hang of it. And so I assume even to this day, you know, you're working on new blends, you're working on new projects. I mean, you're always working on new stuff. Um, do you still go through in the factory that process of, you take the tobaccos yourself, you roll them yourself, and, and figure it out on your own, um, kind of like you used to do back then? Absolutely, man. You know, that way I'm assured, you know, that if the, if the blend calls for a leaf and a half of a certain tobacco or a half a leaf of a certain tobacco or a quarter leaf of a certain tobacco, I know 
that's exactly one into that bunch. You know what I mean? Um, the guys could do it. Uh, but for me, I'm just so used to always working on those blends myself that that's just the way it is. Um, and I just got to I got accustomed to that, you know. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you about this process, uh, especially, you know, now where, where you are now, um, one of the things I've heard, and I, I haven't been down to any of the big major factories yet, um, so I've never really had that experience. But, you know, I, I have these conversations with a lot of manufacturers and, and, and blenders specifically. Uh, when it comes to the blends down in the factory, when you're working on a cigar, that's something that you you kind of keep close to the vest, so to speak, because you don't want, you know, everyone to know, like, exactly you know, what your recipe is for your cigar that you're making. So is it true that even the rollers in the factories, they don't even really know the full makeup of it. It's kind of like, all right, use this and this and put this together. And, and they kinda, you guys kind of break it up. I've heard that some factories, that's how they do it. No one really has like the full recipe in the rolling room or, or only the rollers do or something like that. Um, I don't know if you can speak on that whole process, the way you guys kind of, or maybe, maybe Drew doesn't do it, but, other factories I know have, have alluded to they they they're really careful with who who knows the full blend recipe too. Well, you know they know they get all the rollers or the bunch moncheros, uh, the people that create the bunches, the people that uh, fill the molds. They have a blend card. Now on that blend card it does not have all the details. For example, if I'm using a specific uh, Seiko from X Farm, X Supplier, and then I'm using a Viso from Y Farm, Y Supplier, and then a Lijero from another, so they don't get, they don't have those details. Okay. They just know, okay, the Seiko, we're putting X amount, the Visos, we're putting X amount, and the Lijeros, we're putting X amount. But as far as all the details, makeup, of the blend like they leave and they want to go to to get that same cycle they don't know where that came from they don't know what supplier it is they don't know what farm it is because you know one thing about tobacco a supplier will have multiple farms they right. will have farms you know if you're talking about nicaragua in esteli and jalapa in condega uh in ometepe but now which one of those farms in one of those areas is that tobacco coming from because that impacts what that tobacco tastes like. Um, you could get, you know, three different tobaccos from the same manu uh, the same supplier from the same region, and all three are going to taste slightly different, uh, even from the same region. So yeah, no, they don't get that. They they just know, hey, here's the Seco Viso Ligero. Put three leaves, put half a leaf, and put one leaf, and that's it. That's all they know. That's all they need to know. Yeah, mm -hmm. very very interesting. You know, I. Like I said, we, we haven't been down to any of the factories and, and, and through and seen it and really firsthand. Um, but, you know, I, I pick up on little things. And um, whenever we have, especially we have someone who, who blends on the show, it's always a good time. And it's always interesting because I feel like it's some of the most educational conversations that we have. If not, for, you know, the audience, of, of course, um, who's, who's listening and watching, you know, that's a big part of it. But even for us, too, like there's a lot of details um, that I, I, I say and stuff that I, I purposely don't read about ahead of time because I, I want that that reaction on the show and and it just it makes it fun but um, yeah little stuff like that I always find very interesting just kind of kind of the little the little tidbits of how kind of things work you know behind the scenes um, I always found that interesting uh, but it, of course it makes sense um, now 
since you've come over to Drew Estate, um, you know, we have obviously we have the Herrera Esteli cigars, and you've worked on other projects as well. Um, what are you, what would you say so far in your, in your time working at Drew Estate and, and all the cigars that you have out now? What was the one project I would say, or I would ask you, is probably the most challenging? For you to put together and 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 really you know bring to market you know from the beginning to end what was the most challenging cigar that that you uh that you blended and and, and put together and that that's that's a tough 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 question to to say any particular cigar especially as a blender i mean <laughs> they've, they've all been challenging and what i mean by that is take the harris de Haban, the one you're smoking you know First cigar come out with press release. Willie Herrera leaves El Titan de Bronze, joins Drew Estate. You know, I'm living over there for about a year, year and a half, and I'm working on this blend. Everybody's entirely anticipating this new cigar that this new guy now with Drew Estate is going to come out with. So a lot of pressure there. Then you jump to, say, the Underground Shade, the very first cigar that I blended for Drew Estate once I became the master blender for the company. Because uh, up to that point, you know, I wasn't blending anything else outside of the Herreros that fell, um, the cigars that fell underneath the Herrera umbrella, I call it. Mm-hmm. So I was I was there for the purpose of expanding the, the traditional cigar uh, side of cigars and kind of bring that that feel from Miami and how I, how I learned in Miami into Drew Estate. So when it came, when they made me the master blend, uh, the first task was on the crown shake. Well, that was monumental for me and tough because number number one, it was the first cigar, you know, that's for the company uh, outside of a Herrera, uh, something carrying my name. And number two, you know, I've never been a really a milder smoker. I've never been a Connecticut shake guy. Hmm. So now I'm working with tobaccos that I haven't worked much with. Um, then you jump into Liga Privada number 10, 10-year 10 anniversary, uh, Liga Privada Aniversario, Liga 10. Now I have to come up with something that has to live up to Liga Privada, the number nine, T52. So it's, it's every cigar, you know, it, it has its, its mountain you have to overcome, you know, uh, you just can't pick one and uh, they all they all have their things you have to fight through whether it's you know you're, you're working with a new tobacco um, a, a certain size that maybe is out of the norm uh, you know it, it's hard to pick one man uh, would you say would you say it was there. more more pressure working on Liga Pravada being, you know, an established brand and, you know, Liga and, you know, like you said, number nine, T52, and be like, okay, I have to add to this family that everyone already knows versus kind of like that, like you talked about your first cigar, it's that first one with your name on it, but, you know, you're new and this and that. Would you say it was harder to contribute to Liga Pravada than coming up with your own, um, you know, the Herrera line from the, from the beginning? No, I'd say Liga, the, the anniversary would have been the, the hardest only mm-hmm. because it had to live up to Liga Provana. Right. It had to live up to number nine. It had to live up to T52. You know, you already have 
this halo brand of the company that anything else that comes out with that name is going to be scrutinized that much more is it going to live up to the Liga Pravada name so yeah I, I'd say Liga the the 10 probably will be the hardest uh, would fall in the top of that category that you have, what you're asking yeah yeah, I always find it curious, you know, especially someone who's a blender, a master blender, you know, what was the hardest one? Because, you know, people just think like, oh, this master blender, they, they probably crank these cigars out, you know, this is their craft. And, and it is, and, and, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure to, it, it seems easy, but I, for, for you, I'm sure it, it, it doesn't seem easy, too. You know, it, no one really probably understands, you know, the, the, the mental part of it for you, just always thinking about it, trying to figure it out, or, you know, the pressure of, like, I, this has got to be good. The last four were good. If this one sucks, people are going to think I'm done. So <laughs> it's like there's, there's got to be, you know, a lot of mental pressure there too. Um, now, I know that I'm moving a little quickly tonight, but I wanted to bounce on something. Uh, you were at Barn Smoker this past weekend, correct, the one in Connecticut? Yes. Now, mm -hmm. Nicole was there as well. I, unfortunately, couldn't yes. be there. I had to be down in, in Florida uh, on some other stuff, and uh, but Nicole was actually on hand. So, Nicole, I wanted to give you a second to maybe just, you know, we have Willie here. It's, it's Drew Estate Night here at Smoking Tobacco, <laughs> so I figured why not have you touch just a little bit on your time at the Barn Smoker? No, it was, um, it was a crazy thing to see. I mean, I not that I went in with any expectations, but, you know, it was – a very well put together event um, pre-party. I loved, of course, <laughs> pre-party was so much fun um, in the New England Air Museum hangar. That was different. Um, I thought that was kind of a cool place to have it. Um, and then the actual event, um, I didn't think there was going to be as much education as there was involved. And I know that was only a small part of the day. Um, but I loved the way and I don't know if it had been set up like that before with each station or whatnot. But um, I thought it was a very smooth sort of transition for all the groups to then learn about all the different, um, you know, parts of the farming process and whatnot. So I loved it. It was fun. And you smoked your first League of Ten. I did. What did you think of it? It was great. <laughs> what did you like about it? Um, Out of curiosity. It was full bodied. It was very smooth for me. Um, not And I, I mean, as you know, for me. Um, I don't love a lot of pepper, so it was not like super peppery or anything like that, which like subtle notes, I feel like. Yeah. But it was good. Yeah. That's how I felt about H99. Because yeah. um, when I, the first time I had H99, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but I first lit it up and I started smoking. I got probably into the first third and I was just like, wow, I don't know why, but I'm like, this is nothing what I expected. Not that I expect it to be bad or good. I, I really didn't really know what to expect but i i was thinking like number nine fifty two just really like a lot of a lot going on i was like wow this is very different and i really really enjoy it it's very smooth it's very it's very refined i think is the word i think it's very refined and i think it's just it's a it's an awesome cigar and now i understand why everyone just has to have their hands on it uh it, it, it's just a really good cigar um but no i wanted to touch on that too because you know obviously that, that's a big event and uh, the Barn Smoker is something that's been going on for a little while now. And really, how long is how long has Barn Smoker been a thing? Ooh, uh, seven, eight years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and the and the concept, you know, is not everybody gets to go down to Nicaragua on a cigar safari. Yeah. So the idea of the Barn Smoker is is to give you guys a taste of the cigar safari. You know, go through that process of the tobacco in the field, 
the the curing barn, how you blend the tobacco. You know, it, it's it's a little taste of what you'd expect or what you get when you go to the cigar safari. Obviously, you know, it's four days, three nights, uh, fully immersed in tobacco. So you're seeing every step of the process from pre-industry where you're fermenting the tobacco uh, all the way to packaging of the cigar. But the safari, the barn smoker is kind of a taste, give you a little bit of of everything as far as the, the making of cigars and, and the growing of the tobacco and, and the curing of the tobacco all the way up to the, the fermentation process, which is really what you don't see there um and the making and the packaging of the cigars but yeah the barn smokers we've always done those different stations to give you uh a little bit of each step along the way yeah very interesting i i wish i could have gone like i said um i'm gonna try to catch one of the next ones or you know maybe next year i got i got my schedule kind of mixed up but fortunately nicole was still able to go and and, and she had an amazing time so i'm really i'm really glad that she she got to go and see that uh we had a question here in the chat I wanted to go back to, where is it? I right saw, right there. there it is, from Johnny Mitchell. What is his favorite go-to cigar? What is your favorite go-to cigar? Aristotle Habano. Hmm. It's a great cigar. I'm smoking. So that's, that's, that's your everyday. Mm. That's my everyday. I, I, it's it's going to give me what I need every single time I smoke it. Um, you know, specifically that Lonsdale size, for me, that's where that blend really shines. And it just hits my palate right every single time. And if I don't have Lonsdale's, then I go with the short Corona Gorda. So do you? The same line. So you, so do you prefer you prefer maybe not at least in those. So you prefer a smaller ring gauge. Absolutely. Now, would you say that's a universal or just in that cigar? For me, I typically it doesn't matter the blend, uh, unless obviously. It only, it only comes in a Toro or a Robusto. You know, I typically don't go over 52 ring gauge uh, for my smoking preference. But if it's available in a 44, 46, 48, that, that's where I'm at. Do you think that a cigar shines better in a smaller ring gauge? Do you think that the, the blend is more balanced? You know, we, we've had this this conversation. People are always throwing their opinions that, no, nah, the bigger the better. No, nah, a smaller cigar you know, as, as a master blender, what is your opinion on, on that conversation? It depends on the blend. Yeah. You know, some some blends smoke better in certain sizes. For me, the Habano, I love how it hits me in, in, in that Lonsdale size or that Corona size. Um, in the Brazil, for example, I go with the, with the Robusto. Uh, it's a different blend. It's, it's, it hits me different and the way I want it to. In a Robusta size, the Lanza doesn't really do it for me. In the Brazil, uh, in Norteño, it's Corona, Corona Gorda, um, the Lanza size as well, or the Toro. It, it all depends on the blend. You know, right. any, any, every cigar is going to smoke different within a line, you know. And so there's always going to be that one size that every consumer smoking it is going to, gravitate towards um you know it, it just it depends on the blend that that's been my experience and one thing i tell people all the time you know especially when, when it's a new line a new cigar that's coming out you know don't stick to that one size only that you always smoke like if you're a toro guy don't just stick to a toro and anything new that comes out 
venture out, try different different sizes within that line because you just might find, you know, that you love that blend in a different size because they're all going to smoke different. Yeah, and we've had that discussion on the Spare Note show. You know, Coop and I did a show, I want to say a few months ago, we did, you know, the, the size really matter conversation show. Um, and yeah, and, and that's something that even myself, I've, I've, I've criticized myself with that. You know, like I don't smoke enough sizes. I, I haven't, you know, I, I traditionally stay within that, that Toro size range. And, you know, in the last couple of months I've, I've, I've actually said, you know what, I, I gotta, I gotta be more universal and I gotta step outside that. And I've, and I've actually lately, I've been smoking a lot of smaller formats. So the Lonsdales, the Coronas, I've been smoking a lot more of those. Um, and I find that I'm, I'm really enjoying them in certain blends that I, I was like, oh, I like this a lot. And again, a Toro, I smoke them in a smaller format, and I'm like, wow, this is even better. Um, yeah. So I, I, it's really it's fun to hear you say that because I, I couldn't agree more, and, I, and I've, I've actually experienced it. Like, wow, I was one of those people. I was stuck in the Toro land. I was like, oh, I just smoke Toro. And then I, you know, I started really getting into a lot of smaller formats lately, and I've just been I've been having a hell of a time with a lot of cigars. Um, we have another question here. Now, I believe this is in reference to the Freestyle Live that Drew Estate announced earlier this week. Uh, Willie, how long did you work on the new cigar that DE is unveiling in late September? About a year. About a year. Or, yeah, just about a year. Maybe a little bit past it. You know, it's uh, we're constantly working on stuff, even things that we don't have a name for or uh, an exact home for yet. You know, uh, I'm constantly working on different things, different uh, you know different blends that pop up in my head uh new samples of tobaccos that we get into the factory uh you know fortunately for me having a factory here in miami you know we we use a lot of a lot of the same tobaccos that we get at drew estate as well so when i'm not in nicaragua i'm working on blends and stuff here as a matter of fact i sent an email today to nicaragua based off of a blend that i worked here in miami a few weeks back so it's 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 a constant thing um and my view on that is you know the more the more blends and finished products as far as you know aged cigars that you have sitting in the shelf when a new project does come up you know you just saved up to a year because if you come up with a project you know we discuss a project today hey we're going to come up with x cigar and this is what we're looking for. If you start from scratch now, you know, that's a process. It could be six months. It could be a year. It could be a year and a half. But if you have blends already sitting there that you've worked on that you like, and you're talking about this new project, you're like, oh, man, I have a blend that will fit that. Well, you just jumped ahead up to a year. You know what I mean? Because the cigars already aged. They're made. And all you got to do is smoke them and, and get them approved uh, with the team. Yeah, uh, it's always interesting to hear, you know, how long it you know goes in, in into certain projects and whatnot, and you know, and every project's different, like you said, and you know, there, there's people that have come on here and been like, hey, we've been working on this for the last three years, you know, by the time you know, like Perdomo, I know w was on here one time, was like, oh, we 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 started this project three years ago, you know, like when I first planted the tobacco, and I was like, and it begins, you know, literally at the seed, like we're gonna plant this now, and then in two years from now we can roll it, and then it's gonna sit and. And the whole thing. So, yeah, and, and some, some, like you said, some take longer than others. Um, it, it is quite a process. Um, but since that was brought up, I do want to take a quick second and highlight Freestyle Live is September. This is, the, is this the fourth one or the third one? 
You guys have already done a handful of these already, and they're and they're honestly they're awesome. I think this is the fourth one. Because you had Underground so. 10, 20 Acre Farm, Nika Rusica Adobe. Yeah, I think this is number four. So, which by the way has been a great, another great addition to Drew Estate. I think that it's it's a really fun project. Um, that that whole that blind tasting and 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 trying the cigar and figuring it out and then the unveiling, it's very cool and it and it's an interesting way that I think you guys are introducing new products to the market, um, in the way that you do it and, and it kind of brings the consumer in a little bit more versus just being like, oh okay here it is this is it oh all right cool well I can't wait to try it it's this whole experience and um, right. definitely very innovative I have to say uh, and right off the bat the first one's successful Underground Ten. That was the first one, and uh, that cigar went on to win Cigar of the Year in most places, especially here. 2021 Cigar of the Year, Undercrown 10 Toro. Um, so congrats with all that uh, success, too, with, with Freestyle Live. Um, we have a comment. I didn't want to glaze over this. We have a comment on YouTube, uh, and, and I wanted to bring this oh, up myself, too. Yeah, go back, go back. <laughs> Your beard, brother. God damn. I have to say, you have one of the best beards in the game. I mean – <laughs> do you, do you, do you like that, that? It looks like it's just perfect every every time. Every time I've ever seen you, it's just it's amazing. I mean, it's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work. I, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I I have contemplated just to shave every day, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've contemplated you know, going that long. I just don't think I can do it. <laughs> it, it started off as as the whole COVID beard, you know. Ah, you know, um, we're gonna be home because you know we were off the road. And I'm like, you know, let's just let this thing grow. I've never done it before, whatever. And it just, you know, it became this ritual thing, you know, blow drying it every night and combing and the trimming and the this and the that. So, you know, we'll see how long it goes for. Well, so far you're rocking it. You're pulling it off. So uh, you're off to a good start. Uh, I do, I do want to hit that. But before we do, I want to hit the news really quick. And then we'll do that on the second half. Okay. So our news this week is brought to you once again by McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to become an official McAuliffe Ambassador uh, where you're going to get your McAuliffe Ambassador coin and ambassador number. And while you're at it, head over to Facebook and join the McAuliffe Ambassadors Facebook group and hang out with all of your fellow McAuliffe Ambassadors. It's a great time. There's some great people in there. Shout out to McAuliffe Ambassadors. I know there's some of them here. Dan Thompson's watching. Dan Thompson, what's going on, buddy? Um, so... All right. Everybody knows what the news is this week. I, I already kind of teased this one. It, it's been a kind of a big deal. It's been the thing I've been covering the most in the last, like, five days. The LFD NFT. Um, I think, you know, first of all, I, I'm going to say, going into this, I think a lot of people were just kind of, like, skeptical. They didn't really know what to think. I think some people either just didn't get it or some people were just like, this is, like, some kind of, like, scam thing I, and the first three have already sold and i think after those first three i think a lot of people kind of went like oh shit wow this is legit uh number one sold for eighty-five thousand. number two sold for 78 and the third one yesterday sold for ninety thousand. uh the first two were sold to alexander martinez of main street cigars in new jersey he now owns uh the first two and the third one went to a private anonymous buyer who would like to remain anonymous. So, and, I, and my understanding is that it, I don't think it's a retailer. So I don't think that these cigars are going to be sold. So that means only two so far are actually going to be up for sale. Now, for those who don't know, the LFD NFT is not just an NFT with a non 
uh, fungible token. You do get that, but in addition, each one comes with a numbered gold bullion humidor and 50 of the uh, six and a quarter or six and a half, six and a quarter by 40, is it 44? Uh, Lonsdaleish size uh, Andalusian bull, which is exclusive to these NFT owners. They are the only ones that will have access to them from LFD. From there, they're free to sell them, which I think most of them are going to do. But um, and they will get the chance to buy 70 of those per month from La Flor Dominicana. So a lot of hype around this. It's been kind of a big deal. Like I said, a lot of retailers bidding on this because they want to buy these for inventory. Um, and what's the current bid? Because they're in the fourth auction. So right? the fourth one, uh, as of as of it this afternoon, afternoon, after as of this afternoon, I had it ready on my on my phone here. Uh, it was was it seventy seven thousand? Let me check. I believe it still is. A lot of the hard bidding doesn't really go on until yeah. It's at seventy seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven by Matul Shah, um, who's been bidding pretty aggressively throughout this whole process, but y has yet to come away with one of the NFTs. Um, this is actually the, the fastest and highest that any of them have, have gone at this point. Uh, normally, we don't get that high until like the last hour. Um, but the, this one is, it ends, what do we got? 16 hours to go. We're already at 77,000. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that the rest of the way, this is going to fetch some pretty high numbers, especially as less are available. That FOMO kicks in. I think you're going to start seeing these go for 90, maybe even over 100,000 by the time we get to 6 and 7. I, I really believe that's possible. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of a huge deal. Um, it's It's been dominating the news, at least for us. Uh, we've been doing a full coverage on it. I was at the kickoff last week. There was no regular show. We were doing the, the kickoff party with La Florida Dominicana. Uh, for those of you guys who saw, I was with John Carney, Tony Gomez, Lito Gomez Jr. down in Miami at um, Empire Social Club, Social Lounge. And uh, we had a really great time, but that was the official kickoff. And now we are about halfway through this, and it's been it's been wild. It's been crazy. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much of that you've covered, Willie, or anyone at Drew Estate. But uh, w w there's been some talk. There's been some talk, and 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 we said, well, so if another manufacturer was to do this, who could do something like this? <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, three names came up right away: Fuente, Drew Estate. And then maybe one of the other big ones, maybe like Altidus or General, someone like that. Um, is this something that you've heard LF, uh, LF, uh, Drew Estate talking about? Maybe doing a, an NFT? No, no, I I haven't. You know, it's but interesting. Again, I, I don't get too involved in that, nor do I understand it. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I stick to tobacco, the factory. You know. That that's like my happy place there, and my my plate is pretty full just handling that. Now one now one thing I I have to say because I, I promised a, a large group of people that I would bring this up on the show, but I'm not going to get into it because that's not what we're here for. But I'm going to live up to my promise. After that, so La Florida Dominicana announced when these LFTs you know come out and they're done, they're never going to make any more sizes of the Andalusian Bull. It'll be the original Andalusian Bull that won Cigar of the Year, and then there's going to be this one that's exclusive to these owners. And then Tony said, that's it. When I'm like, I'm not making any other sizes. There's going to be only two sizes that I make. Well, there is a private Discord room for this. And Tony's in there and all everyone's in there uh, to, 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 to discuss, you know, this whole thing that's going on. And there's a lot of consumers in that group that are starting a, a, a revolt against Tony Gomez. Um, and they're demanding that Tony make a large format size of the Andalusian Bull. Um, he says he won't do it. I, I, I'm... I, I'm 
I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a hot topic right now with a lot of LFD smokers. They all want a giant size of the bowl. I don't know why, but uh, they do. So that is the that is the push. I brought it up on the show. You're welcome. Maybe Tony will do it. Maybe we'll change his mind. I don't know. Uh, Carney's definitely going to say no, but we'll ne- we'll you know we'll see what happens. So um, anyway, that's news for this week. Had to cover that. It's been kind of a big deal this week. But anyway, back to Willie. I wanted to bring up. So there's one part someone brought up that I was actually going to ask you about anyway. Uh, the Raji. So recently, you worked on the Raji um, with Abe, which is a very very special cigar for them. Uh, but tell tell us a little bit more about that project. That kind of being one of the more recent Herrera Esteli projects. Um, and 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 then also um, I had seen the the blend with Vintage. Yes. 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 So those two blends. So, yeah, the Raji, that's, you know, pretty special because that's, you know, another cigar I was able to blend out of the family's factory, I'll tie in the bronze. Yep. And, you know, kind of get creative with um, with the tobaccos we have. We have a lot of the same tobaccos, but we also have a lot of different tobaccos that we don't have at Drew Estate. So, you know, blending that cigar, you know, kind of kind of takes me back to like the uh, like the Herrera Miami. Herrera study Miami, kind of, you know, sitting there back to the roots, sitting in your table and just going to town with with what you have there. You know, uh, it's it's a little bit different from when you're sitting in, in, in the factory in Drew Estate. Uh, obviously, it's much larger, uh, lots, a lot more choices of tobaccos, but, you know, very special, very special and, and, and very different from the Herrera Miami. That's got, you know, a blend of Dominican Nicaraguan tobaccos with a Mexican San Andreas wrapper and a Nicaraguan binder. And it's uh, it's it's a fuller bodied Herrera. Uh, I would say it's it's even fuller than the Miami uh, Herrera Esteli. But um, yeah, very special project. A uh, lot of hands on with Abe. They came he came down to the factory with with his dad uh, during the project. And, you know, just fun times, man. Those are always exciting. Yeah, and then. Was... Oh no! Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the so the vintage, you know, I was get I was able to work again with the broadleaf. You know, that's one of those tobaccos that we have in the factory that, you know, we 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 don't have enough of for the existing lines, uh, that we have, which is the Liga Provada Number Nine. Um, but that project, I was able to allocate a certain amount, uh, being that it's, a, it's a, it was a smaller run for vintage um and you know get creative with with that wrapper yeah that was a um i think we we first we first got our hands on that one at was that tpe what we ran into those guys i think that's when we first got those yeah yeah um so that that was really cool to see and then and of course the the raji that was a really fun one to see um which i i haven't had that one actually yet um and it was funny because I was actually I was just at Smoke In over the weekend, and I did I I did I completely just like blanked on that. And I'm like I should have grabbed these. I'm right here, um, but no, I've heard nothing but great things about it. And um, you know that was obviously a great one to bring up, and I wanted to bring that one up. But moving forward, is there anything you can tell us about? You know, I, I know there's the the Freestyle Live that's coming up, and that's a, kind of a new project too, but. In addition to that, is there anything else that you can tease for us um, that we might be seeing coming out that you're currently working on? Maybe you're almost done with. Maybe you're starting. Anything you can maybe tease for us? I always, I always try to. I always try to get something. I always try to get something out of people when they come on. Well, uh, two things. 
you definitely want to get your hands on the freestyle life pack. Uh, you're gonna be blown away by that. Uh, big news and great cigar. And then the last little tease I'm gonna give out is you know, I've been with, with Drew Estate over 10 years now, so we're kind of due for a Herrera anniversary type cigar Herrera mm. 10 year anniversary, Herrera something. So be on the lookout for that. Ooh, okay. Something maybe we see at TPE in the beginning of next year? Who knows? Yeah, okay. You never know. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I always try. I always try. Everyone's usually tight-lipped. I get it, but I try. You know, we got, you know, you know speaking of LFD, it was, it, was, it was a few months ago when, when Lito Gomez was on the show. We were just talking, and... And I had heard about something that was going on, and I didn't think he would say it. And he was like, oh, yeah, we have the new Solus coming out at the show. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think he was going to let that one out of the bag. But I was like, okay. So I sometimes I always go for it. Maybe they'll slip up. Maybe they'll slip out a new project. Well, this, you know, because uh, you never know. But oh, it's really exciting. You know, uh, it's always fun. Like I said before, when Drew Estate's, you know, launching new projects, it's always really fun to be a part of and see. And you guys make it so interactive. Uh, especially with the freestyle live, uh, I, I made a. I haven't smoked a cigar yet, obviously, but I maybe I'm overthinking it. But I was looking at it and I was like, you know, I was following kind of like the themes of the first few, like the colors and the style and kind and then what that cigar came to be, and I, I don't know, may, maybe I'm just crazy here, but I I have I have of. A very far-fetched stab in the dark here, of what this one might be, and I think it's an undercrown. I think it's an undercrown, and my guess would be, especially you know, you look at undercrown, Lee Capravada, stab in the dark. Just and I know you won't <laughs> tell me. I know you won't tell me, but I'm just gonna say it for the sake of having it on record, stab in the dark. It's an undercrown with Corojo or Criollo. Stab in the dark. I I don't know. Just uh, that's I don't know why. That's just what came to my brain, and I said I don't know why. But that's just what I felt when I saw it, <laughs> and I texted it to Jack, and he was like, "I'll never tell." And I was like, "Well, you'll you'll tell when it comes out." But okay, <laughs> um, so I don't know. That's just that's what I'm going with until I smoke it and I can actually taste it and can, you know maybe make a better assessment. That's just my rough guess. I don't know. I'm excited to see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, th- like I said, the first the first few were, were great cigars, and it was it was it was really fun. So this one we definitely look forward to. Are those are the freestyle packs available? Yeah, have those gone out yet? I can't remember. I don't think they're they're oh. out yet. Okay. I think it was just the announcement think. right now. But right. They should be coming shortly. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's uh, that will be in September, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's end of September. I want to say end of September. That that's when it'll. You know, be unveiled. That's when it ends. Mid towards the end of September. Yeah. Yeah. So we look forward to that. Um, so guys, definitely make sure you check that out. If you've never, if you've never done the freestyle live pack, make sure you check that out. Hundred percent. It's worth it. It's it's great. And there's usually other stuff that comes in it too. They do a giveaway. There's a giveaway. I think they're giving away. I can't. I have. I should. I should have brought it up. I had. I have it on my website too. Um, it's always oh, something crazy. Here it is. I got it. Um, there, yeah, there was, there's a Dodge Charger being given away. There's a, uh, there's a Gibson guitar being given away. You guys did a Bitcoin, I think, for the last one. I think you guys gave away a whole Bitcoin. 
Um, so yeah, that was crazy. Side by side, we've done Bitcoin, we've done Jeeps. Yeah. You know, always something big. And uh, this is pretty big too. And it's pretty exciting. Like I said earlier, it's, it's a phenomenal cigar. And I think uh, everybody's going to be blown away. Might be an Undercrown. Who knows? That may be a right. Oh, <laughs> hope so. I like Undercrowns. <laughs> no, I'm excited either way. It, it could be it could be something out of left field. It could be a new whole new line. It could be a different line. It could be Undercrown. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, it's definitely exciting. Uh, and like I said, definitely check it out. You can read about more of it on SmokingTobacco.com if you head to the website. Um, the press release is up. It went up yesterday. Oh, yeah. So it's right here. Wednesday night, September 28th from 7 to 9 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. The Freestyle Live uh, will be unveiled. And uh, we'll always look forward to that. It's always a great time. So... In addition to that, we are getting towards the uh, the end of the the hour of the show, and, and Willie, I know that uh, your time's kind of tight tonight, so I want I want to try to stick to that for you. Um, but before we go, anything else that um, you want to touch on that maybe we didn't, or anything else you want to say, plug, promote, anything like that, um, that, uh, that while you have this opportunity. No, man, I think we've covered it all. You know, uh, a lot of exciting news, a lot of things that are in the works uh one of which the freestyle live uh in september uh is, is a big one um like i said i can't i can't speak enough about the cigar uh, and once it's revealed what it is i think people are gonna love it and uh it's just really exciting man and it's uh equally as exciting to 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 hear you know what people think like you just said oh i think it's this or i think it's that and then to see their their faces once they're told what it is, uh, it's always it's a lot of fun. Judging by your facial expression, I I can see you being excited. But I I feel like whatever this is, I mean you you seem like you're holding back a lot of excitement over there. <laughs> well, hey man, you know I, I can't let it all out of, out of the bag here. You know uh, we saved that for a freestyle live. Yeah. So it's uh it's gonna be exciting for sure to say the least. Yeah, it's it's it's. I can't wait. Like I said, the first three were great, um, you know. So I think, yeah, that's that's gonna, that's going to be the highlight of the show tonight. It's Freestyle Live. Make sure you get it. Um, make Willie proud. Buy them all, and then when the cigar comes out, buy all those too. Um, but no, Willie. I mean, you know, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, it, it. It's been a great time. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to get a lot of information in this one hour, you know. And it's. It's because right. we we could go for three more hours. I. I could, questions for hours but you know i try to whittle it down so um but thank you just really thank you for being here like i said we've been we've been playing this for a while and, and uh it was a great time so uh yeah, we, we look and hey you you always got kentucky barn smoker coming up that's true when well. when is kentucky barn smoker that one, that one is and, and that's actually a really really cool one because the process of that fire curing is is very different from any of the other barn smoker so you actually experience something there that you don't get at any of the other ones um right and that one uh, the 30th and the first of october wow okay. um i always tell people that's the most unique of all the barn smokers uh just simply because of that process that fire curing process and when you're in the in that barn and you experience that you know being in that barn and you're like wow so now i understand why the tobacco tastes that way. Um, it, it's really a cool, cool experience. So people who go to that actually get to, to see and witness the, the curing process of that tobacco. Oh, they see the whole, yeah, they see the whole process. They see the process of when they start burning the 
big massive pile of 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 wood i believe it's hickory oak it might be mesquite i always forget the third one and it's a massive massive pile behind the barn and that thing goes up in flames and as it goes burning down and smoldering you know they go scooping it up and put it in piles inside that barn and shut the barn shut and that smoke just continues to to rise up and uh and it goes curing that tobacco and then that's how you get that that unique flavor that tobacco has so it's it's a really cool experience really really cool now how long is that curing process oh man i believe they do 24 hours and they open up and they do another 24 hours it's it's something like that mm-hmm. um you know it, it a lot depends on the weather and and how the tobacco is turning in there if it's rainy if it's cold i mean i remember some of those kentucky barn smokers i've gone over there <laughs> especially the first one i had shorts and a linen shirt and man it was like 50 something degrees that day and uh, a buddy of mine happened to have a big enough jacket in the trunk of his car that i was able to wear um because you just never know it, sometimes it's hot sometimes it's cold other times it's rainy so it, it a lot depends on how the weather is at the time of the of the curing. Yeah, I'm sure in most processes, you know, with tobacco, you know, time and there's a lot of areas, but that especially um, sounds like it can be just a little bit more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Meticulous um, on the variables on that. So, but very interesting. Yeah, and 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 you're right. I didn't even really think of that too. Like, wow, that that really would be a very interesting uh, experience to be a part of that whole cured the mm-hmm. kentucky fire cured is uh it's 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 very cool so yeah maybe maybe we'll make it down there i don't know we we still got time left in the air we you know we have a we have a couple of things we're we're trying to do maybe we could still fit that one in i don't know um but you know willie uh, thank you you know again for being here with us tonight um I feel like we, we covered we covered a lot as much as we could right in, the, in this hour so uh thank you and uh and hopefully we'll have you back on again in the future uh but to everyone at home who's watching and listening thank you for being here with us tonight as always, don't forget to like and subscribe. Visit SmokingTobacco.com for more news and information from the cigar industry. We'll be back next week. Take care. Bye, everyone. Good night. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smoking Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokingTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.